Baby, welcome to it. Happy Thursday to you. I'm Derek Hunter. This is the Derek Hunter Show for the, what is it, the 23rd of March, 2022. Three. Good God. Anyway, we got a lot to get to. So just quickly remind you, check out the Weekend F and Review. Support the program, patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or DerekHunter.locals.com. You know, if you, you if you can live with yourself getting this fine quality news and entertainment and infotainment for free, uh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't know how you do it, you dirty bastard. I'm just kidding. But uh, if you got five bucks a month, you get to enter the books, the signed book contest this week. It's Ivanka Trump versus Michelle Malkin. Somebody's going to win one of them. Why not you? And uh, you get to help the show for just five bucks. You throw five bucks a month towards all these things. How about one struggling father? How about that? Is that a, come on, man. To quote Joe Biden. Anyway, and to get to, I always feel like a whore doing that, but you know what? You got to pay the bills. So let us get on to the news for the things that, you know, help get your ears at least. They don't necessarily pay the bills, but they give us your ears. And friends, Romans, and countrymen, I appreciate you lending me them. Let's get started. We got a lot of stuff going on. There's a bunch of stuff to talk about. The latest development, we got to start off with the latest development, even though there's there's no new developments. There's no new developments. I don't know if Donald Trump is going to be arrested today, tomorrow, next week. But that's the story now. Sources are saying that Donald Trump could be indicted. Now now he's indicted. He could be indicted as early as today or tomorrow or Friday. They're like, okay, at a certain point, don't you just go at some point? Like, If you're going to... Because he could also not be indicted. There are... There's grand jury witnesses, or at least one witness, apparently, according to one report. Now, keep in mind, all these grand jury things are supposed to be secret. But there's supposedly a witness scheduled for today. Some people are saying, who is that witness? I don't know. Who the hell knows? But it could change everything. I heard yesterday another witness, one of Trump's attorneys, his testimony changed everything. And it didn't seem to change anything. Because nothing new has happened. We don't know what in the hell is going on. We don't know. Nobody knows. But nobody will shut up about this. Now, is that because it's a slow news day? It's not really a slow news day. If you watched cable news last night, it didn't matter which network you watched. They were talking about something that may, might, maybe could happen in the future and they were talking about it as though it had already happened. On Fox, Donald Trump was indicted, and it was the greatest travesty in the history of jurisprudence. On MSNBC, Donald Trump was already indicted, perp-walked, and sentenced to death. And it was the only way to save the republic. In reality, nobody knows what the hell's going on. Nobody know, has a clue what the hell is going on. The grand jury has not voted on anything. You can indict a ham sandwich. You sure can. But sometimes the ham sandwich walks. So it just depends on what the grand jury does. And we don't honestly even know. What I find most annoying is you have these 
so-called legal experts. Here's what the case is against Donald Trump. And then they'll lay out whatever it is that they lay out. And you go, how do you know that? Well, according to published reports. It's all just speculation. And now we're looking at speculation about speculation. And then people are speculating. They get the person to come in and speculate about the speculation. Then they get the, the team, the panel of people going, now we're going to convene a, a whole bunch of other people who don't have any firsthand knowledge. And they're going to speculate about the speculation that you just heard uh, speculating about the speculation. I've never seen so much news coverage about something that hasn't happened yet and may well not happen at all. Not to say that it's unlikely. I don't know the truth. I don't know. I mean, I don't know the, the likelihood of it. I'm not a lawyer, but I also know that the vast majority of people commenting on it on television are not lawyers. And also, um, even the lawyers don't know. The lawyers don't know. If you watch MSNBC, Donald Trump is being investigated for a very serious crime where they connect the dots and they tell you, oh my God, can you believe this? He falsified business records. Blah, 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 blah. And then you put on Fox and you go, Donald Trump is being investigated because he just wanted to make this lying porn star go away. And, you know, he does it all the time. He just It's much easier to cut a check for $130,000 than it is to defend yourself from this. You go, okay. I'm not sure I'd enter in a non-disclosure agreement with a porn star. I just, I, nothing against the porn stars listening, but you're not my top of the list as far as confidants goes, right? You know, just not going to. So I wouldn't really take really anybody at their word. But, uh, yeah, it's just one of those things where you, if two completely different worlds and neither of them are real. Now, one may, whatever ends up happening, unless there's no indictment at all, uh, is one of them will, will prove out. One of them will be closer to the truth, not prove out. But unless and until that happens, it is wild speculation. There is nobody out there saying definitively, well, this, there's, there's no crime here. There's no way they're going to charge him. Maybe Alvin Bragg is that big of a partisan hack and that big of a weirdo or whatever, and he just he damn the torpedoes full steam ahead, I don't care, et cetera, et cetera. It could be. It could be that's who he is. And maybe he'll go forward and he will make Donald Trump a martyr and it will be hilarious to watch. But then what happens if he doesn't? What happens if all the speculation is wrong? Does somebody say, wow, we soiled the sheets on that one. Sorry about that. No, they'll likely just go, well, moving on. Moving on. Why? I don't know. This is why you don't make... This is... The global warming, climate change people are these very same people, the same philosophy. Can we just be honest about that? They're running around. All of news is becoming this. They're running around projecting their political desires onto something that have nothing to do with it, that has nothing to do with it. And they're saying, in the, if, if not this now, then in the future this doom and gloom 
after, you know, day after day, story after story, year after year, 10 years to slow this, 10 years to stop this, 10 years to cut this, do this, oh no, eight, 1989, we've got 10 years to take dramatic action, we don't take the dramatic action, and in 1999, go, we've got 10 years, if we don't take dramatic action, something's going to, wait, wait, I thought the clock was already ticking on that. Yesterday, we had another story, the same thing, we've got 10 years to really get a handle on this, maybe 15. It's it, sooner or later, you know, doesn't somebody have to go, you're you're wrong all right maybe maybe stop predicting we're not going to uproot our lives and cede our liberties and become serfs and slaves to the state because your computer model spits out hey uh we're all going to die in 10 years if we don't do just that because if your computer model were so good about telling us what's going to happen in the next 10 years you should ought to be able to go back 10 years 20 years 30 years put in the data that was available then and the conclusion your computer model would spit out should exactly mimic what did happen right and you, if you can say look we go back and we enter all the data and for the last 50 years our computer model shows exactly what did happen if you pretend that it's 1970 and you uh, put in that data, boom, there you go. It's dead on or even a small deviation. Then I might take you seriously about what could happen in the future because your computer model will have proven true, ish, at least to have a better record than the people who are out there now. But you can't do that. Every computer model that they talk about for the future, they either don't bother going into the past and going, hey, this proves our computer model works, or they it doesn't work. Or they hide their computer model. They hide their data. Oftentimes, the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change hides their data, hides the source of their data. They don't want people to, to see it. They don't want skeptics to be able to get their hands on it. You can do that. Once you declare, it's settled science, the debate is over. Well, if the debate is over, you don't need to see their data because why would they lie? Well, the billions of dollars that are at stake, but that's beside the point. Same thing in news. If your whole life and whole time is spent speculating about what's going to happen in the future, or it's not speculating, declaring what's going to happen in the future, and then it doesn't happen, shouldn't at some point the people... I don't know, turn away from you? CNN got its lowest ratings in 30 years, I think, uh, in the advertiser demo, the 25 to 54 group, which is fine. Look, CNN, the wheels have fallen off, and it's a, an untrusted brand. It needs to probably be rebranded and have a wholesale house cleaning and go back to either doing news or, or something. I don't know what. I, I could probably fix CNN, but they just keep hiring a different liberal each time. Well, we need another liberal in here. They'll fix the problem that we're too liberal like that's not gonna work it's like yeah you your body you're riddled with lung cancer because you've been smoking marlboro your whole life well maybe to combat that you should try smoking palm miles like, I, I don't i don't think that stands up to scrutiny but whatever the case nobody knows anything about the future if they did they'd all be multiple lottery winners in the game of life, they kind of are because they're all making a fortune. They're making, they don't need to win the lottery. They've won the salary lottery. But their audience comes away dumber. 
I'm hoping that you you can get angry at me all you want, as long as you don't come away from this show dumber. I consider that a win. So that's being that's all I can tell you about the uh, the Trump stuff right now. I don't I don't know. It'll be rage radio all day and all night about oh can you believe this great nothing's happened yet. Maybe something who knows. Depending on when you listen to this, maybe something will happen, but I don't know. Grand juries don't tend to indict while still taking testimony. So we shall see. But uh, fundraising emails on both sides are flopping around and flying around. There's a lot of money in this. And the accountability, should uh, nothing happen, the accountability will be zero. They'll just move on from it. All the people who are declaring an end to the... They'll find something else to be outraged about. It's sad because news is not about news anymore. And you wonder, you can look at the left and go, how how do they get so misinformed? How do they think it's just... How was it? Ronald Reagan said, it's not that our uh, friends on the left are wrong. It's that they just know so many things that aren't true or something like that. But now that's true for everybody. If you just get your news from cable news, doesn't matter which cable news. They just drop the news part. But I see, the, I follow this one uh, Twitter account. It talks about the ratings on cable news. The ratings on cable. Ratings and they're important, I suppose. I mean, they, they actually know how many people because the cable company knows exactly what you're watching. It's weird. Everybody's like, oh, my God, these companies, these apps, they're, they're, they know exactly what I'm typing into my phone. They know all my kind. They know. They do. They do. And that's wrong. And it's disturbing, et cetera, et cetera. But your cable company knows exactly what you're what you're watching at any given moment. Nobody gives a damn about that. They, they have your inter- they provide your Internet. You really think they don't, you know, pay attention to what you're doing? Not because they want to blackmail you. You don't matter. But they can automatically serve you ads and things and populate your screen with ads and they get more money if the more targeted. They get, if they, they get money if you buy something from their ad. Google, every keystroke you make in a Google search. It's now ubiquitous. It's the Kleenex and the, the Q-tip. Q-tip is a brand name. They're cotton swabs. They're tissues, not Kleenex. Kleenex is their own thing, but, you know, puffs. Nobody calls Kleenexes puffs. You can sit there and look at a box that says puffs, and there are puffs sticking out of it, and you go, you hand me the Kleenex? Because that's it's just ubiquitous. Google is the same way. And every keystroke you make on your computer, they're checking it. Use Gmail. I use Gmail. And they follow you, and you notice the little emails that you get, the, the fake emails in Gmail. Like the first two things in one of the categories is like advertisements. And there are things where you go, huh, I kind of am interested in that. They're, they're not stupid, they're evil. There's a difference. So you, you get upset about those things. You get upset about the track. You get upset about the being lied to. Get upset about the death of journalism. Get upset about all of it. All of it. It probably won't change anything of what exists now, but maybe it will cause somebody to go, you know what? We're going to start something else to compete with it because what all of the cable news networks need is a giant kick in the complacency. They need somebody to come in and challenge them. 
in an honest way and do report. It's going to take you know billions of dollars, so it's going to be tough to do it. It's highly unlikely. They uh, they also ran cable networks. They they don't even match CNN when combined. So like you hear them, they they'll tell you they we're newsy and we're huge and we're all oh, we're making an impact and we're we're growing faster than anybody else. Yeah, okay. You have tripled in your viewership from one person to three people. Congratulations. You know, that's a 300% increase. They'll tell you about the 300% increase, but they won't tell you it's from one to three people. And they always bra- everybody brags about their ratings, blah, 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 blah. Now MSNBC is pretending that Fox News doesn't exist, and we're the number one name in cable news. They, they, the assumption there is they don't even tell you that. It's like Fox isn't news. Fox isn't news, so we do that. Even if you combine Fox, CNN, MSNBC, and the also rants, you get to about 1% of the population. 1% of the population. It's not mattering. We've got to educate people. You've got to educate. You've got to be deputized to go out and educate people. Anyway, I'm going to get off my high horse there. I don't want to get preachy. And I just, uh, looking at the other stories that are going on, this is part of the problem. And why these sorts of garbage things exist is because we have teams. We don't have information. We don't even have agreed upon facts anymore. This story from Daily Caller News Foundation, it is something to behold. School Counselor Anti-Racism Committee hosts racially segregated event. Now, if you just heard that headline, where would you think that took place? Of course, it's California. Of course, it's California. There's a flyer that the Daily Caller News Foundation has gotten its hands on. It's from the Social Justice, Equity, and Anti-Racism Committee of the uh, California Association for school counselors. Now, why do school counselors need an association? I, I love all these organizations. Where we're representing the interests of these. The job of a counselor when I was in school, I don't even know what the hell the job of a counselor was except for to talk to me about my brother. But they didn't offer me. Like, anybody get guidance from their guidance counselor? I'd love to hear from somebody who's like, you know what, I was lost. And then I sat down with my guidance counselor and it all became, the, ha- the haze went away. My guidance counselor was... I don't know, an excuse. If I was late or I skipped or something, I could go into his office and talk to him. You just show up in the middle of class, weirdly without a pass. He never asked for a pass. And you just start, I'd start talking about my brother. And he'd be all very interested because he was a hockey coach and uh, he loved my brother. My brother was a star athlete. He's 10 years older than me, star athlete. And then at the end of like 10 minutes of telling him what's going on with my brother, for no reason whatsoever. I said, could I get a pass to go back to class? And he'd write me a pass. And I was like, boom, it was my get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't think he needed an association for that. But anyway, the flyer for the Social Justice, Equity, and Anti-Racism Committee. Weekly affinity group for white school counselors. Democrats, you can still hear it echoing off the buildings. Segregation now, segregation tomorrow, segregation forever. It says, a a facilitated collective space for white counselors to explore their racial identity and development, explore their privilege, move towards doing anti-racist work in their schools. 
Yes. Learn more about this eight-week affinity group. Start date to be determined. Info session, March 30th, 5 p.m. to 6 p.m. Scan, and then there's a QR code. I've retweeted it. So if you want to, if you're out in California, you want to attend, I don't even know where this is exactly. But you explore your racial identity and develop. What the hell is development? You have your, what's your racial identity? I don't, I don't know. I'm white. I'm, I'm a mutt. I'm Italian. I'm Polish. I'm Irish. I'm French. French Canadian. I'm whatever. My ancestors, as far as we know, started off in Poland and kind of slept their way west. But as far as they could, married somebody, had a baby, pushed it west. So go find somebody else and mate and keep going. None of that matters. I don't go, oh, thank God. Thank God I'm Italian and Polish. That's explains the nose. No, that's... <laughs> I, I, I'm always reminded of this god-awful um, Ancestry.com commercial. And I feel... I don't know what I feel. Disgust and pity for people like this. The Ancestry.com, the guy's like, when I was a kid, we were... Uh, I can't even remember what he was. We were Italian, and boy, howdy, we ate spaghetti and had meatball fights, and man, we uh, did this, that, and the other thing, and we we put all of our towers at a, a slight leaning angle like we're Pisa, and we painted our ceilings. And Then I did Ancestry.com, and it turns out I'm not Italian at all. I'm 95% German. Now I wear lederhosen. Remember the guy stand there in the later. Now I wear lederhosen and invade Poland, demand the return of the Rhineland. And like what the hell is your your identity? Is it you're a human? Whatever you are, who you are, is more important than where your ancestors had sex three hundred years ago, five hundred years ago. But it matters to people. So I guess if you want to explore your racial identity and development, I mean, I'll just, I'll save you the, the, the time. You're white. You suck. You're the problem. You're the cause of everything. You invented disease and colonialism and slavery, even though none of that is true. But, you know, it's 1619-ing in the history of the world. You want to explore your privilege, they'll tell you, you're not going to get harassed, you're not going to, everything, you, if you're a different color, you're, you're not going to get this, you're not going to get that, you're not going to, you're more likely to not be in jail. There's a really good way to avoid not being in jail, and that's don't commit a crime, just saying. But this is what they're doing with your tax dollars, with our tax dollars. A school This is the Daily Caller News Foundation. A school counselor association is hosting a weekly race-based group for members to learn about anti-racism policies, according to the organization. The California Association of School Counselors, Social Justice, Equity, and Anti-Racism Committee is putting on an eight-week affinity group explicitly offered to white school counselors to explore their privilege. According to the CASC tweet, the weekly group will serve to facilitate the group for counselors to examine their racial identity and increase their anti-racist work at school. Yeah. White school counselors within the state of California are encouraged to attend an online information session on March 30th to discuss the overview of the affinity group and curriculum, according to it. It's online, so if you go to my Twitter feed, find this thing, you can scan that QR code, you can probably register. You might have to lie about your geographic location, but whatever. The Association's Social Justice, Equity, and Anti-Racism Committee 
works within the board of directors to ensure the association is, quote, all-inclusive, equity-minded, and anti-racist to serve diverse student populations of California, according to their website. Not not whitey, though. I mean, screw whitey. And probably Asians, too. I mean, they're, they're doing too well. The committee provides professional development courses for school counselors in the state so they can increase their anti-racist ways. Isn't that great? In 2022, a Georgia State University professor and Atlanta public school teacher hosted a white school counselor's virtual summer affinity group to teach about anti-racist practices. The training used Anti-Racism Everyday White Folks Workbook, adapted for school counselors, adapted for school counselors to help participants learn about their white supremacy. Quote, training teachers and counselors in diverse ideologies like anti-racism means that children will be taught and counseled through this perspective, the person told the Daily Caller. This is no way to treat children. The uh, school counselors did not respond for request for comment. I go back to what I always say about Calvary. I was promised that thing was going to fall into the ocean. It can't happen soon enough. We need to let Lex Luthor, as long as he's played by Gene Hackman, out of prison so he can finish what he started in Superman 1. Since we were talking about the social justice warriors and all this garbage, I wanted to... Morning Joe is... I don't know what the hell Morning Joe is. It's not, there is no really good morning show if you want information. If you want, look, morning shows aren't, Morning Joe tries to be a higher brow. Like if you watch Good Morning America, the Today Show, whatever the hell the CBS show is, even Fox and Friends, although it's to a much lesser extent, they focus more on entertainment. They do, the lighter side of things. They don't have the brightest hosts. They don't have the whatever, but they'll get the guests on that are sort of their movies coming out this weekend or their stuff's on video demand, blah, blah, blah. That's what it is. You watch the commercials for like Good Morning America and you're like, oh, is this like a dance party starting at 7 a.m.? What's going on here? That's the kind of the quality that you get. CNN... I don't know what the hell they're trying to do. They're trying to pretend that uh, Don Lemon and the Poppy Harlow and Caitlin Collins are like really bright. And, man, they're going to get to the bottom of the series. But they're idiots. All of them. Poppy Harlow's, I guess, not, or at least doesn't seem like it. But the other two, forget about it. Don Lemon, you're not going to be able to go. Well, I remember how stupid he was at 10 o'clock at night. But now that it's 7 o'clock in the morning, obviously he's brilliant. No. Time of day where the location of the sun is is not relevant to how smart or dumb Don Lemon is. And over at Morning Joe, if we just get 17 people on the screen and uh, they're all quote-unquote journalists, it'll be wonderful. Everybody will know we're totally serious. Joe Scarborough isn't a journalist. Mika Brzezinski is not a journalist. Uh, Mike Barnacle is a plagiarist who, because he's a liberal, didn't lose his job after being caught plagiarizing a bunch of things. Most of the people on Morning Joe are just idiots. Here's Ken Burns. Ken Burns isn't a historian. He's a documentary filmmaker. He's a documentary filmmaker. That's it. That's all he is. You know, He makes good movies, and you want to ascribe 
all sorts of things to him if you're a lefty. He's brilliant. Look at what he made the Civil War. He made baseball. Did you watch baseball? Well, to give you a little peek into the mindset of all of these leftists, but in particular Ken Burns, I have this book called A Terrible Beauty. It is the story, the the biography of Ty Cobb. Now, when you hear Ty Cobb, there's a good chance that your first thought is, God, he's a horrible racist. God, he was a monster. You killed a black man for no, you just did it. You just, because he could. That's what he was. None of that's true. None of that is true. That stems from a guy named Stump something or other, a reporter. If you saw the movie Cobb, which most people didn't, it was based on Stump's writing. He was hired to write Ty Cobb's biography, but Stump wrote a version, Ty Cobb told him the stories, and Stump wrote a version that Ty Cobb found disgusting and was actually suing to stop the publication of when he died. So that's why the book was allowed to be published. Um, He's the one who made up, and he made up all sorts of things. A Terrible Beauty is by a Pulitzer Prize winning journalist who did his research and found that all the stories about Ty Cobb being a wild racist were false. False. That he did not uh, kill a man, even he wasn't even uh, his uh, mother didn't kill his father in cold blood, those sorts of things. It's just all sorts of lies about Ty Cobb, most of which stem from the bogus stories in Stump's book. Well, those bogus stories from Stump's book made it into baseball, a film by Ken Burns. A Terrible Beauty is by Charles Leershin. Uh, I highly recommend it. Get the audiobook. It's great. But um, he, Leershin, when he was researching his book about Ty Cobb, reached out to people the who had written definitively that Ty Cobb was a wild racist. And asked, like, Ty Cobb once beat the hell out of a groundskeeper because he was black. And wasn't. And then another time, Ty Cobb got into a fight with a bellboy who was black. No, the bellboy wasn't black. Like, all of these things, that you just, you do cursory research and Leershin found that the stories just had nothing to them there was no truth to them whatsoever yet in Ken Burns baseball Ty Cobb was such a horrible racist that he did this that and the other thing he refused to do whatever blah 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 and that so many people have seen that that they just remember that this is the power of a lie that forever they will believe that Ty Cobb was a horrible racist what so Charles Lisham reached out to Ken Burns and said, where did you get this? And I think Ken Burns' response was from published reports. And Learson, you know, made him aware of the truth and said, you know, what are the published reports? Because here are the actual published reports. Here's the, the instances that you cite. Here are the news stories from that time. Contemporary, did no mention of race whatsoever. And they would have mentioned race if it was a white guy and a black guy. And they, or here's the proof that the person was actually and Ken Burns never bothered to respond that was it that was the end of it there's no correction there's nothing being a liberal means never having to say you're sorry so when you sit there and you watch these panels on Morning Joe and you go oh they get the most learned people there's Ken Burns he's a genius no he's not he's a hack he's a liberal lime towing hack it's that simple
It's literally that simple and that easy. And that's all you have to do to be a hero on the left. That's all you have to do to be on Morning Joe is toe the liberal line, period, end of story. If you're a moderate center-to-right person, if don't rock the boat. Don't, I'm not talking about uh, what, Michael Steele. He's not a moderate or center-right guy. He's a lefty now. He's, he's, he likes the checks. I don't know that he actually believes in anything, but he likes the checks. I'm talking about the other pseudo-Republicans that they have on occasionally. They're just... They just sit there and they keep their mouth shut. They learn their place, if you will. But they bring on these endless stream of people who sound super impressive. Super impressive. They brought on a guy today called John Ridley. John Ridley is a screenwriter. You're sitting there going, what the hell? John Ridley? What the hell is John Ridley? Who is John Ridley? John Ridley won the Academy Award for Best Adapted Screenplay a few years ago for 12 Years a Slave. That's, I'm looking at his uh, IMDb page. You wouldn't know him for a whole bunch more. But he he wrote the screenplay. He wrote this, he produced Undercover Brother. You probably don't know that. That god-awful Three Kings movie. He was a producer on that. But he that's it. That's what he's done. He's a writer and producer. They brought him in to opine on the news. Why? Because he's a leftist. That's all the credentials you need. Oh, you're a leftist? Come on in. If you're a leftist, the odds are you get your information from MSNBC anyway. Oh, by the, I should point out that John Ridley is black. Now, I wouldn't normally point that out except that it is central seemingly to who he is. Now, John Ridley's worth millions of dollars, but he's a victim. John Ridley has jobs that you could never dream of, uh, but uh, he's a victim, and you're the perp. And in reality, he's a wild racist. I want you to listen to these, because he talks about, they, of course, bring in a, who better to opine on the legal wranglings of a grand jury in New York than some jackass in Los Angeles who isn't a lawyer and has no knowledge of whatever. <laughs> oh, that makes perfect sense to me. Let's get this guy's opinion. Of course you got to get this guy's opinion. So you sit there and you, uh, well... Everything is about race with this guy. He makes himself a victim. His, his knowledge of history is that of a two-year-old. And nobody, not a single person in the Morning Joe clown car bothers to correct him in any way, shape, or form. Because it's about the end result. And they're all down with the end result. Republicans bad. Trump bad. Democrats good. Alvin Bragg, good. That's it. So if he's going to sit there and just spew, everybody's a racist who doesn't agree with me and he'd give a my people type speech, they're cool with that. There's Joe. Joe and Mika are sitting there giving him amens. You hear Mika a couple of times. Make some uh-huh, uh, noises in this. And you just go, he's talking about you, too. You are, except he's not really talking about it. He's using race as cover for politics. Because that's what racists do. If you look at somebody and you just judge them by the color of their skin and not the content of their character, and you can't debate them on any matter of substance, you just kind of go, well, racist. Here is screenwriter John Ridley. 
this morning. But when I hear from privileged white men talking about the weaponization of the law, they don't know what they are talking about. As a person of color, as a black man, the law has been weaponized against us, going back to the Constitution and being considered three-fifths of human beings. What do you call slavery? What do you call failed reconstruction? Jim Crow, segregation. What do you call slavery? What do you call blah, blah, degradation? Jim Crow. I call them all Democrat uh, <laughs> Democrat policies. You know, things that Democrats fought and died for. Yeah, I'm sorry, John Ridley, but if you're sitting there and you're going, this is an outrage, blah, 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 you're a member of the party that not only defended, but created the very things you're sitting there going, this is an outrage, I can't believe these things. You want to project it onto us who had nothing to do with this, fine. But as a black man, you're a multimillionaire, okay? You're a multimillionaire. Spare me this nailing yourself to the cross, pal. I'm just not going to buy it. Your kids will have a better education and a better shot at becoming multi-multi-millionaires than pretty much everybody else's kids because you're rich. It's about money. It's about income. That's what the left is really about. They protect their moneyed interests and they use race to do it because it's a hell of a lot easier and they can't really do it on a policy basis because, well, their policies favor them. Oh, we care about the little guy. Yeah. You wouldn't want your feet to touch the ground. You want to continue to be able to walk all over the little guy. So that's why you're for them. Of course, this it was a long rant. He wasn't done ranting because he was on fire. He's wrong. He's an idiot. This what a three fifths constitution. The three fifths for somebody. He is in his how old? Is he? He's in his fifties. Now I suspect he's uh, John Ridley the Fourth. He is um, <clears throat> a victim, but he's talking about what? The three-fifths, three-fifths of a kid. Has he not, does he not understand where that comes from? Leftists always pretend that the, Constitu- the Constitution declared black people to be three-fifths of a human being. No, they didn't. No, it didn't. The Constitution did not. The Constitution counted slaves as three-fifths of a person for purposes of apportionment for representation in Congress. Free blacks in the North were counted as an individual. The reason for that in the South was that the North, which was anti-slavery, did not want the slave states dominating the new federal government in the House of Representatives. I understand that this requires a fifth grader's level of knowledge, and most leftists don't want people to have that, but that's where it comes from. That's why it is. The South, of course, wanted every slave to count as a citizen so they would get more members of the House. The North said, no, to hell with that. No, if if they're slaves, they're not going to count as anything. They came up with a three-fifths compromise because the alternative was to not have the United States of America. Now, I know the left would very much like there to not be a United States of America, but the existence of the United States of America coming into being in 1789 led directly to the Civil War, which ended slavery in this country. Truly did. You don't have to be, uh, you have to have room temperature IQ to know that one. Democrats don't, but that's the truth. 
if Democrats got their way and the United States of America did not exist, well, then what would happen? We'd probably still, Democrats would still be in charge in the South. There would not have been a civil war. There would be a separate country. They would have formed their own country, and that country would likely be a slave country. Or maybe they would have eventually gotten rid of slavery because of international pressure, but they'd likely still have Jim Crow because Democrats didn't want to get rid of Jim Crow either. Democrats never wanted to get rid of any of these things. They still fight for the exact same principles. They just do it from a different perspective. Like I say, they have not changed their objective. All they've changed is their tactics. This is not something that John Ridley is not aware of, or at least has not been exposed to, one would think, in his 60-plus years, born in 1964, so I guess he's 59 years old, uh, October, so he's 58 years old. One would think that he would have come across these truths at some point in his life. But when you are a tool and you see things deliberately through the lens of race because you are a tool on behalf of a political party... You either aren't bright enough to get it or you lie about it because lie better serves your agenda. So now we move on to John Ridley's opinion. Now, remember, nobody, there's a panel of learned leftists sitting there listening to John Ridley, screenwriter. And, oh, he's talking about race and he's black and the rest of the panel's white. So they all just go, well, he must be telling the truth. He's obviously, they know he's lying. They're all on the same team. They're all red communists on the inside. That's all that really matters. They're all on the same team, comrade. Here's the next cut. But individuals talking about the weaponization, you know, as as black and brown people, we're told that part of the problem with negative interactions between community and police is because we don't comply. We don't listen. We don't appreciate law enforcement. We don't care about this country. But the moment that the process is in play, as it should. I don't know if Donald Trump is guilty or not, but I know that the court of law is where an individual goes to literally have their day. And when it happens to them, when the process is presented, all of a sudden, whoa, it's being weaponized. It's being turned against me. <laughs> no, I love it. I don't, know, I don't know if he's guilty or not. Do you even know what crime is alleged, what the crime could be? The problem is, moron, that the left, leftists in New York have announced that they're going to investigate Donald Trump to see whether or not he committed a crime. That's straight out of the old Soviet Union. I understand that you opine, you miss for those days. Oh, man, you, you yearn for them. But that's the problem. It's not, you get your day in court. Everybody gets your day in court. No, you, you get your day in the, the Politburo. To what? Go up there and say, you are guilty. No, I'm not guilty. Defend yourself. You are guilty. What am I accused of? You are guilty. It's a Kafka novel. You moron. I understand you're a screenwriter. Doesn't mean you're a book reader. But you should probably look into that one. Because otherwise, we'll just haul your ass into court. You can go ahead and decide whether... We'll let the court decide whether you've done anything wrong. We'll investigate every aspect of your life. I promise you promise you you've broken the law i promise you you've broken the law you probably didn't intend it and you likely didn't know you did it but i promise you you have broken the law somewhere along the line this week not even having to go back that far you want that colonoscopy that level no you don't 
You want it for Trump because you hate him. That's the problem. If you said, look, this person's dead, and I believe that Donald Trump did it, and here's evidence to support my claim, then I would say, well, if the evidence is clear and the evidence is real, I'd say, well, that's worthy of exploring. But if you say, Donald, I believe Donald Trump has committed a crime. What crime? Well, we'll find out. That isn't how it works. That isn't how you wouldn't want that to happen to you. But you do want it to happen to your political enemies. Now, there's an ism or an ist or whatever you can add to the end of your political philosophy. I don't know if you're more communist, fascist, socialist, whatever. But those that is their tactics. It doesn't happen. The people who scream, this is what democracy looks like, are threats to democracy, threats to democracy. The one philosophy, the one type of government where this sort of stuff doesn't happen is a democracy where people are free. So if you're engaged in the thing that doesn't happen in a real democracy, then maybe maybe you should, I don't know, find a reflective surface and reflect. But no, he doesn't. He just keeps charging forward. And everybody on Morning Joe, you hear an occasional Mika going, mm-hmm. But everybody on Morning Joe is on board with this. The entirety of NBC News is on board. Now, I don't know what this guy did, why the hell he's on TV at all. Theoretically, I'd assume it's because he has something to promote. But what that is, I have no freaking idea. You sit, let me look at his IMDb page because you sit there and you, you'd think that you'd have, I don't know, guests that were topical, guests that were relevant to what's going on. That's But uh, uh, let's see, producer? Nope, nothing. There's stuff upcoming, but nothing, nothing immediate coming up. Hasn't done anything since 2022. So why in the hell is this guy on cable news? Have no idea. No idea, except for the fact that he's a good dog who toes the party line. And Democrats wanted somebody to look. When you got a, a, a cast of Morning Joe that looks like a snowstorm, you want to add a little, especially when you go, oh, my God, Fox News is nothing but white people. You got to have a black guy on. to go, all right, let him, let him go. He's a liberal activist. Let him go. Don't point out how wrong he is. It's racist to point out that somebody's wrong now. He's not even trans. He's married to a woman. So I don't know what the hell's going on here. Other than let's just get somebody to bitch about Republicans and call them racists, which he does. You know, you have Kevin McCarthy of Jim Jordan say, hey, we want you to come in. And they're saying this to Alvin Bragg. Come in and answer questions. That's what the court is for. <laughs> it's not what the court is for. Hey, I don't know. We want to. That's what the Stasi was for. That's what the KGB was for. We just want you to come in and answer questions about what stuff. Come on in and answer some questions. Stuff. You don't get hauled into court to just answer some questions. Now I think it's wrong that uh, Republicans Republicans are it's posturing. It's honestly it's just posturing. They want this guy to come in and talk and answer some he's in the middle of an investigation and you can't you can't start doing that kind of crap now you can if a decision is reached you can say we want to know how this decision was reached then you call them in the middle of it it's just 
I don't know. It's a bad precedent to set, no matter what you think of it. I know there are a lot of people going, blah, 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 I don't like this guy. I don't like the guy either. But you can't do – he set that precedent. The federal government should not be involved in this crap in the decision-making process or trying to influence it because then when Democrats get control or if Democrats have the Senate and there's some Republican prosecutor out there investigating a Democrat, we demand answers now. Well, we're still asking – we demand answers now. And you begin to pervert the justice system. Point out how the left is perverting the justice system. Don't join them in it. Just be ready to pounce when it's over. But then, of course, here comes the race because Jim Jordan and Kevin McCarthy are white guys and Alvin Bragg is black. Listen to the tribalism mentality here. And I have a bigger problem. And again, I'm not trying to be hyperbolic, but when you have the Kevin McCarthy's of the world saying to a black prosecutor, you need to come in and answer questions. Mm. Yeah, I'm sorry. We're not living on the plantation anymore. He has yeah, no yeah. right, no reason to ask this individual to come in and answer questions when that is what the court is for. That is what juries are for. That is what evidence is for. That is what grand juries are for. Not for Kevin McCarthy, not for Jim Jordan, who, by the way, when they're asked to answer questions, when you literally see a white riot and they don't want to talk about that yet yeah, don't switch the game on us damn whitey damn whitey who are you to question a black man now you have to answer my questions everybody we're dragging before the grand jury everybody that democrats dragged up before the january 6th committee everybody that democrats dragged before every committee you shut your mouth and you answer you obey but you can't ask a black man i demand that people not be judged by the content of their character or their actions but by the color of their skin and it's more of a my people type of attitude if you talk about my people i don't care what color your skin is you're a racist that's racism you're, it's part of a tribalism that's how the left operates now i don't believe for a second that this jackass believes any of these things but he recognizes his role and he knows what he has to do to keep in the good graces of the political parties and advance the progressive agenda tribalism division advances the progressive agenda they can't make a case this guy isn't making a case this guy isn't a lawyer. I'm looking at his, his writing credits. He, uh, well, he wrote for Justice League, one episode of a cartoon for the Justice League. So, you know, who wouldn't want to take the legal advice for somebody who used to write for the John Larroquette show back in 1995 or who was a writer of two episodes of The Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? I mean, my God, of course. I forget hiring any legal scholars hire this guy he he was a a writer on undercover brother the animated series and third rock huh god i just i just don't get these leftists actually i do here's the end of it you could hear mika in there going uh-huh mm -hmm. hey man oh yeah the white people are evil i'm sorry you're translucent mika you're translucent. Spare me this crap. In any event, this is what passes for news on cable news, on Morning Joe. whole bunch of white liberals sitting around. <laughs> Here, let's listen to this guy spew racism. Okay, right, that's right, that's right. You could say, uh, now, maybe 10 years ago, 
you would have had somebody spewing this kind of racism and stupidity on MSNBC and everybody would have been kind of like frozen. They'd be looking off screen. Everybody knows that kind of... When you see live television, it goes off the rails. And the eyes, if you watch the eyes of the people who aren't doing the crazy thing on television, then they look to the side, they look to the right or the left. They're looking at somebody, the stage producer, the person who's actually handling the show, and they're like, what do I do? What do I do? Ten years ago, somebody spewing this garbage would have caused Joe to kind of look to the side and go, what the hell do I do with this? What do I do with this? Do I, do I interrupt? Do, I, do we go to a break? What do we do? Now it's all Mika's going, amen, amen. Oh, yes, you preach, brother. You tell us all what's going on. This is true. Oppression. Horrible, horrible, evil oppression. From a millionaire. There's nobody more oppressed than a wealthy liberal of any color. Nobody more in touch with the oppression of the common man than somebody who hasn't lived like a common man, I don't know, what, 30 years, 40 years, 50 years? Just like, you can't make this stuff up. Nobody would make this stuff up. It's bizarre. But it's not surprising. There's money in it. There's power in it. There are invites to it. You probably never heard of John Ridley before, right? Now you have. He's not promoting anything. He's just on MSNBC. MSNBC is supposed to be news. What the hell is this guy doing on there? There's nothing. Well, it doesn't matter. We need somebody to come on. He's probably been on there a lot. We need somebody to come on and complain. Let's do it. Let's get him. I want to move on to somebody called, well, it's along the same lines, somebody called Billy Porter. Now, if you don't know who Billy Porter is, you're not alone. If you saw Billy Porter, you might go, oh, that's Billy I've seen that jerk around. I've seen that person. Why Billy Porter is famous is, well, another story altogether. I don't understand why Billy Porter is famous other than he goes to award shows in drag and he's gay. That's what he's that's what he's famous for. That's it. And if you've ever seen him in things, once you see him, you go, oh, he was that guy in the thing. And you go, okay. He is the flamboyant gay guy who dresses in drag and plays like the fairy godmother in the Cinderella. Cinderella, the remake in 2021, where they where they it's a multicultural cast. And it's so wonderful. They got rid of uh, the fairy godmother and they got Billy Porter to play the character they call, what the hell is it called? Uh, fabulous Godmother. So it sit there and he go, wait, is it Fabulous Godmother? You go, yeah. Oh, I saw 80 for Brady, isn't it? He was a guy named Goo Goo. G-U-G-U. I assume that's how you pronounce it. You couldn't pay me to watch that. Well, you could pay me to watch that movie. But I'd have to be paid to watch that movie. And you go, what is that? And then from the trailer... And I saw he's somebody who talks like this and oh man oh sister listen to me and blah 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 girl that kind of thing. It, there was a time when people would go like this is stereotypical and I refuse to act like this and now it's like it's it's stereotypical. The Academy will nominate me for it. He also is a voice on the Proud Family, which is that left wing cartoon that seeks to indoctrinate kids through Disney about how evil America and white people are. <laughs> 
There's no walls keeping anybody in. But he was on The View. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure, because you look, is he promoting something? Stuff is in post-production. So it's nothing that is, like, coming out. Uh, maybe there's something called Black Plus Iconic colon style guide that is slated for 2023 i don't know where it is but it's about him of course it's not not style guide style god just makes you go oh my god what the hell's wrong with people so maybe he was promoting his documentary about himself who the hell i guess it came out in february so that's probably why he was on there And on The View, he went off on a racist rant and a whiny leftist rant about what? About drag queens, of course, because everybody's a stereotype. He dresses in drag sometimes. And remember, as you hear this, the debate is over people basically doing stripper shows for children. Nobody's stopping anybody or even criticizing anybody for adults doing stuff with adults. But the left wants to equate the two things. Why? Because they like stripping for children, apparently, or grinding on children. They need to lie. And if you need to lie, you don't have a very good case to make. Listen to this first clip. When you were here in July of 2022, we talked about how Florida Governor uh, DeSantis uh, had just filed a complaint against a bar called the R House that holds drag shows. Okay, Uh, Eight months later, things have only escalated. As we talk about it, you know, it's constant um, aggravation with this. What do you make of the fact that we're still talking about this and that um, it's happening in other states, too, not just Florida? There's this war against trans people which and is lgbtq plus yeah, people yeah, and yeah. people who are othered and cabaret people and cabaret and people and it's a it's, it's like a circle crazy. of life yeah what you know it? we've Why all are they doing it I, for power mm-hmm. yeah everything is about power and you could always trace it back to the money you say that all the time yeah follow you know it's it's follow the money follow the power power at any cost it's very hypocritical you know the the, <laughs> the leading cause of death in children are guns! Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're guns! Yeah. I know it's the morning and I'm not supposed to be screaming, but they're guns. Yeah. Not you know, drag queens. Not drag queens! No. Leave us alone! <laughs> yes. The leading cause of death is guns! He's guns! It's actually accidental deaths of all sorts. Okay? Homicide is second. But there aren't very, there are some. But uh, most of the people who commit the homicides are not just, you know, sweet, innocent kids decide to kill somebody. They are usually gang-related, and they end up causing carnage and killing people that they they don't intend to kill. If you're looking at kids, now if you're looking at young people, 71% of opioid deaths are uh, amongst people 25 to 54, pretty young people. Not really concerned about that. There's suicide, which is the third leading cause of death amongst children, which should be wildly disturbing, especially since, oh, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ group, they claim that, oh man, the T's, they're committing suicide at an alarming rate. Not enough to rate those numbers. Not enough to rate those numbers at all, because there simply aren't enough of them. 
there aren't enough of them in the general population. So you talk about suicide, you got to talk about straight kids. You'd have to talk about white kids too. The left doesn't care about either one of those categories and you combine the two, forget about it. But these leftists are out there, they're spewing their garbage. It doesn't matter. They've got an agenda and it is agenda uber alles. Now it's amazing to me that there's nobody at The View who listens to what is said on The View and just goes, just, I can't do it. Now you hear stories all the time. Uh, and there was a story just today. It's The media is hyping the hell out of it, the leftist media. Oh, this Fox producer quit and there's Fox producers suing because of what? I don't even know. I I saw the headline. I don't know what the problem is. They worked with Maria Bartiromo and they worked with Tucker and it had something to do with Dominion and whatever. I don't know. Wake me when it's over. I just don't care about the middle of the process. But somebody was upset. And the left goes absolutely crazy over that. This person resigned out of disgust. And it's always a leftist. It's always like, remember when Brian Stelter pretended he was doing all these, or maybe it was Media Matters, not that there's much of a difference. But they were going, we've got a Fox News insider feeding us information about blah, 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 the inner workings of Fox. Fox News insider. Hear that phrase all the time. It turned out it was some lefty who'd quit the network in disgust. And you go, well, of course, a lefty's going to quit the network in disgust. The difference is, by the way, that lefties will get hired at Fox. They shouldn't be. Fox would still, because they, they're so afraid of being, you know, labeled as this, that, or the other thing. They go, oh, no, we got a diversity. But they, they, behind the scenes, they, they cave. The people who run it are lefties. They cave to the left-wing mob and they go, oh, we got to adhere to this, that, and the other thing. Blah, blah, blah. Vaccine mandates. Whatever. You can pretend what you are on TV, but vaccine mandates and diversity, equity, and inclusion, blah, blah, blah. And you go, what the hell? Why does this, this lefty quits in disgust at Fox? It happens all the time. You go, what? well, why are they hiring lefties? Because they, they do hire lefties. There's a lot of lefties that work there at Fox. What you'd never hear is conservatives quitting in disgust at MSNBC or CNN. Now, maybe it happens. Maybe it does. And they just simply won't report on it. But I would think that if you're a conservative producer over at MSNBC and Larry O'Donnell threw a coffee mug at you and knocked you unconscious and you quit, that a conservative site would be interested in that story. Or Rachel Maddow set fire to your car because she didn't like your attitude. It's, it would make the news somewhere. It wouldn't make CNN or MSNBC, but it would be reported. You never hear it. And why is that? It's because they won't hire anybody who isn't doctrinaire down the line lefty you won't even get an interview for the celebrate diversity crowd the idea of ideological intellectual thought diversity no no not interested the same goes for the view you would think that all the embarrassment that happens at the first of all you'd think that some of the hosts would just get sick of looking like complete and utter morons on television on a daily basis and they'd go all right look i appreciate the hell out of the multi-million dollar checks i get from you guys but is there any way you could i don't know get me a producer to feed me information that isn't completely asinine 
do some research so I have a vague idea of what we're talking about here or something. Instead, they'd probably roll in 10 minutes before they hit the air. Somebody blasts them in the face with powder so they go, it doesn't, you don't want to look too bad. There's no amount of makeup that's going to make you look good, but at least you won't have a glare. And now get out there and make a complete ass out of yourself. You'd think there'd be some producer who would go, I can't, I feel guilt. I, like, I'm going to be embarrassed having the view on my resume. When I go in for my next job interview and they go, so you worked on the view. What did you do? Well, I was a producer. I worked specifically with Joy Behar. And suddenly you become responsible for all the asinine things that Joy Behar says. And a simple Google search will turn up thousands of them. And you you wouldn't want that on your resume. You wouldn't go, yeah, you know what, I'm going to this. I worked for the worst doctor in the world. I don't can't think of a doctor. These things don't really make national news. But uh, well, let's just say you worked for uh, Kermit Gosnell probably the greatest serial killer in all of human history, at least in the United States. The, the abortion doctor up there was like killing babies that were born, keeping them in jars. Mothers were dying. He was just whatever. He didn't really care as long as the money came in. He didn't care. Thousands of people dead. And uh, if you were like his receptionist, you probably wouldn't want that on your resume. If you were a nurse who worked in Kermit Gosnell's office for five years, you'd you'd go to your next job interview and you go, you'd probably leave that off the resume, wouldn't you? Okay, you you worked for Kermit Gosnell, yeah, I did for five years. For five, it's not like you you worked there for one month and then ran out shrieking and called the police. You worked there for five years. Yeah, you know, five years. It was. You know, it was a, he was a real nice... He gave me lots of time off to deal with family if I needed it. He, uh, yeah, a generous pay package, nice health benefits. It was a good work environment. And I had the remote control for the lobby, so I was able to put on whatever I wanted. I put the view on. Like you worked for... For five years, you worked for Kermit Gosnell. You're probably not going to get the job. You shouldn't get the job. Yeah, people should run away in horror from you. You might want to, you know, probably be charged as a co-conspirator. Same thing goes for the view. If you're a producer and you go, you, so you you worked with Joy and Whoopi for for five years, while they while Joy's like making uh, Hitler didn't like Jews, but he, it's because Hitler was uh, wasn't really a racist, right, or whatever it was she said. You, 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 well, I didn't have anything to do with that. Okay, well then. You had Joy talking about this stupid thing or Anna Navarro saying this stupid thing. You know, like at a certain point, you just go, Ugh, I, um, I'm just going to remove the view. I'll, I'll explain a five-year gap in my resume rather than explain why I worked for Kermit Gosnell for five years. I explain a five-year gap in my resume rather than try to explain how it is I worked for The View for five years. I just, I just, it'd be easier to explain it. I just ate bonbons and sat on the couch and played video games. Smoked a lot of weed. That was, that was my five years. But no, The View, you never hear those stories. You never hear those stories of somebody quitting The View in disgust. Which means either they pay an awful lot, or I guess it could be and or 
the people they hire are stupid. But no, they hire liberals, liberals only, liberals exclusively. I guess maybe they might hire a conservative every once in a while who's like a nominal conservative and treat them like a mascot and goes, we have a conservative. He's right over there in the corner playing with his circle of paper and his safety scissors. Say, wave to him. Uh, yeah, no, I won't Republican. Uh, wonderful. And then they just go on and, and be horrible people. Uh, if it sounds like I hold these people in contempt, it's only because I do. I really do. Anyway, Billy Porter wasn't done. He's one more clip here of Billy Porter whining about drag. The problem, again, is these people, these grown adults grinding in front of children. That should gross out everybody. That should be problematic. And, the, you know, if you're a drag queen and you're a drag queen like Billy, Billy Porter should be a little bit disturbed. Not that people don't like drag queen. He should be disturbed by the drag queen who goes, you know what? There's a group of seven-year-olds out there, and I'm going to show them what sexy is. That person is bringing ill repute on your pastime or your profession or your kink or whatever the hell it is. They're the problem, not the people who are going, you know what? You shouldn't be grinding in front of kids. But the left has no problem with that. You know, and it just... It's a distraction. It's a distraction on purpose. We don't know what to pay. We don't know what to pay attention to. You know, our justice system is convoluted. It's hard to understand on purpose. Let's be clear about that. It's on purpose. You know, it was like when we were talking when we were talking about Roe Ro v. Wade that the word codify came up. I was like, what is that? Yeah. <laughs> and y'all didn't do it for fifty years. Yeah. What? happening yeah you know subpoenas if any one of us is subpoenaed we and we don't go we end up in jail right what are we talking about and what are we doing and everybody's so scared because oh if we do that then we might have a civil war we're already in a civil war y'all it's a civil war of the mind they're messing with our minds we're already in it we're already in a civil war, y'all. What are they talking about? When he was talking about codify, I was like, what do you mean? Like cod the fish and you fry it? Did you say cod fry? And then I showed up with tartar sauce and everybody looked at me like I was crazy. The, he, he clearly is a moron. Now, look, he's not a legal scholar. He's not uh, legal. He doesn't understand anything. I'm not sure he understands basic English. But then nobody there does. Yet this is what passes for political disc. You don't have an idiot who is known for whatever the hell he's known for. I don't honestly know what he's known for. Having looked into it, like, okay, I probably won some kind of Emmy or something because he, uh, it was in Pose, the, the trans show. And he most likely was named to best dress list because it's usually a bunch of leftist idiots and a dude who shows up in a dress and goes, oh, so, so brave, so... He's so brave in Hollywood. Brave. What passes for brave in Hollywood, what has, passes for brave in leftist circles is somebody saying what everybody else is saying. I don't know about you, but I don't consider that brave. Like, oh, I agree with you. I agree with you, too. Oh, well, I agree with me on top of agreeing with you. Well, <laughs> needless to say, I agree with both of us, me and you. Oh, we are so brave, are we not? Let us go out into a room full of people who all agree with us, let them know that we agree with each other and with them so that they might tell us that they agree with us as well. And we may begin to hand out awards based on how brave we are for all agreeing with one another. 
That's what the left has become. It's not an echo chamber anymore. An echo chamber leaves room for dissent. Echoes eventually die down, but if there's nothing to deaden the sound, to redirect the bounce of the audio, it's just a perpetual, nonstop regurgitation. It is unbelievable how these... There's literally that last clip... Look, Billy Porter kind of started off in the first clip as like, okay, I guess I maybe see you're having something you're trying to make as a point. I don't think it's a very good point. I don't think it's a very strong point, but you're trying to make it as a point. In the second clip, it's clear that he has no freaking idea what he's talking about. And he's getting applause from the barking seals in the audience and the the shrews around the table are all going oh god billy you're wonderful it's just what you're absolutely true this is oh man nobody does understand the the legal system and was it a cod fry or did somebody try to codify i don't know do you you cauterize a wound what's going on here and this is sadly how a lot of people in this country get their news this is sadly how a lot of housewives because i can't imagine the um a lot of people a lot of people with things to do a lot of jobs sitting around and watching this is how they get their news millions of people watch the news still to this day let's see number 13 daily show on broadcast 2.2 million people watch it i think that's what's going on yeah yeah 2.4 million people watch the view every day on a good day 3 million people watch fox every day people watch 2 million people watch the view now there's the talk and there's the dumbass round circle and there's a whole bunch of people banging their head against a brick wall and whatever else he's all the view is a hit and so they said well what we need to do is live with region or kelly and and ryan that that's you sit there and you go well it's, at least it's not the view yeah at least it's not the view but it's not much better than the view think about all the people who watch the view watch the talk watch all these other daytime shows and then watch the local news or the nightly news and it dwarfs anything conservative media will do it dwarfs anything conservative media even comes remotely close to so you can sit there and you go how do people fall for these stupid things and why why is somebody like billy porter famous i don't know why billy porter is famous i have no idea he's a drag queen he's a I don't know what, if he's a drag queen because he's not wasn't dressed in drag. I don't know what he is. I don't care what he is. There are a lot of people who do. And because they like him in whatever it is that he's done, or because they like him because he dresses in drag every once in a while at award shows, they will listen to him. There are a lot more people who look at it and go, this person's on television. They must know what they're talking about. That goes for the cast of The View. They must know what they're talking about. Nothing could be further from the truth. In order to get on television, the key to success on television is A, getting on, and B, being willing to say anything, whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, say it with conviction. 
Make declarative statements. Don't ask questions. Make declarative statements, and the more declarative they are and the more cocksure you seem like you are in your declaration, whether you believe it or not, whether you know it or not, the better off you'll be. You will get more and more people to subscribe to your newsletter, to subscribe to your fan site, to follow you to the depths of the earth. It doesn't matter how full of crap you are sad but it's the power of television it's the power of medium media in general and it's really leading to some seriously damaging things in this country it seriously is i don't know how we pull up from this nosedive to be honest with you all right so on the issue of the alphabet mafia and you almost feel bad for billy porter you just made yourself look like a dumbass. But again, if you're inclined to go, oh, Billy, I got to go see that new Billy Porter vehicle. You're probably not a deep thinker to begin with. So, you know, what are you going to do? Admiral John Kirby was back at the White House again yesterday. They keep bringing him in. Now, Corinne Jean-Pierre is not on vacation. Corinne Jean-Pierre is there. But they're talking about matters that require adults to talk. And so they recognize that even if they write it out phonetically, there's going to be a whole lot of words that Corinne Jean-Pierre is just going to butcher. Maybe she's got dyslexia. Maybe she's just dumb. Who knows? But she's not going to be a particularly good spokesmodel for the administration reading things out of a book, which is weird because one of the things that kept coming up yesterday with John Kirby was about the alphabet mafia around the world, the L- LGBTQRSTUV uh, community around the world, some country, I don't know what it was, some African country, so it didn't really get focused on, has passed uh, what is deemed and probably is anti-gay legislation, and they're holding some summit with other anti-gay countries and blah, blah, blah. You'd think Corinne Jean-Pierre, being gay herself, would would be able to comment on those things. She would care enough to go, hey... um, why don't you tell me about this issue so that I can speak intelligently without having to read it like an idiot out of this binder? But she doesn't. She doesn't. She couldn't do it. They brought. She, she can't do anything. So they brought in uh, John Kirby again, since it has to do with foreign. Now, there, there's never been a, this is the White House press secretary for domestic issues, and this is the White House press secretary for international issues. Never been that situation ever and there isn't now officially but there is now anything that it requires uh, the anything overseas over water over a big lake they bring in because they're looking for any excuse to bring in john kirby i think they would love to have hired john kirby to be the white house press secretary but john kirby isn't historic i mean i guess they could say he is the first admiral retired admiral to be the uh, White House press secretary. But that wouldn't, the left doesn't care about that. Like, yeah, but an admiral, like, if you really want an admiral, why don't you hire Rachel Levine? Because he's an admiral. Like, no, no, he's not. Not at all. Not even a real woman, not even a real admiral, whatever. Uh, so John Kirby's just a straight white guy. Like, ugh. They don't want that. But they'll bring him in whenever they need to convey a serious message, whenever they need to convey a coherent message. It's weird. It's a wild, it should be seen as a wild insult to Corinne Jean-Pierre. It should be seen as a massive insult to Corinne Jean-Pierre. She should be sitting there going, I am historic. 
What is going on? Why do you have... I am a woman of color, and I am a, uh, a lesbian woman of color. Things always impact me and people like me more than anybody else. You hear Democrats constantly talking about, oh, this is horribly oppressive, especially to uh, people of color, most definitely gay people of color. The only group more impacted, in fact, negatively by everything in the world are trans women of color, (laughs) if you're just following home on the the flowchart. But nope, Corinne Jean-Pierre recognizes that, look, she's got this job. She's got this job for one reason and one reason only. She can't do this job, and she's not about to do this job. If she goes out there and fumbles something as in her wheelhouse, should be in her wheelhouse, then she there'll be almost no denying of how incompetent she is. So they bring in John Kirby, who makes it clear that the alphabet mafia is one of the top priorities, if not the top priority. It's a core part of U.S. foreign policy, a core part of U.S. foreign foreign policy. Listen to him. And then President Biden has been uh, nothing but consistent uh, about his uh, belief, foundational belief in human rights and LGBTQ plus rights are human rights. Uh, and uh, we, again, back to the earlier question, are never going to shy away, be bashful about speaking up for those rights and for uh, uh, for individuals to live as they deem fit, as they want to live. And that's something that's a core part of our foreign policy, and it, and it remains so. It's a core part of our foreign po- except for when dealing with uh, Muslim nations, right? Because it's face, or, you know, some Eastern European countries uh, and other, like a lot of places, Asian, okay, a lot of places where it's frowned upon and illegal, but if they're useful to us, all right, can we do that? But if there is some sub-Saharan African country where it's not super useful to us, we will then stand up unequivocally and unrivaled by any other nation. We will express our outrage and condemnation, and we, especially if we don't do any real trade with that country, we will impose sanctions on that country to punish them or something. But, you know, not so much with Saudi Arabia. No. We'll kiss the butt of Iran. And, oh, by the way, a lot of places you can oppress women, too. And you can commit literal genocide, against the Uyghurs in China, but we're not, because, you know, they send the Biden family a ton of money. We're not about to really get all uppity about that. But hey, uh, you know, countries where we stand to gain a good virtue signal, but stand to lose nothing, we will definitely stand up with the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ mafia. They are, it's core to our foreign policy because i don't think that china is super friendly to the gay agenda in fact i know china isn't super friendly to the gay agenda they're not throwing people off roofs like iran as they're sucking up to them or afghanistan where you just gave the country to a terrorist organization because of your precipitous withdrawal and your refusal to uh, i don't know act like an adult responsible so i mean spare me all this crap but there won't be any question. The, the, the alphabet mafia, the LGBTQRSTUVWXYZ gang is not going to go, this is an outrage. Why? Because the leadership of that movement is like the leadership of every other identity politics group movement. It's about politics. It's about the progressive agenda. You look at what Black Lives Matter is advocating versus the militant 
LGBT mafias advocating for versus any other La Raza and Casa de Maryland, Casa de whatever. They're all pushing for ultimately the same thing. There's some nuanced differences in the verbiage and there's certainly some definite differences in the noun use. It's not the letters, it's the skin color, it's the sexual, whatever it is. But the ultimate goal is all the same. Think of it Think of it this way. If you had a, a wonderful rainbow of people in a tug of war, in a tug of war, you're all pulling in the same direction. Doesn't matter. You're gay, straight, black, white, doesn't matter. You're all pulling in the same direction. That's ultimately what the leftists are. Now, they don't come out and admit it. They need to be able to mobilize one group against part of another group. If somebody, say, a a Clarence Thomas comes out or a a Condi Rice exists or uh, Caitlyn Jenner says, you know what, I don't really like this. They need to be able to mobilize against that, everybody against that. So they don't go absolute, but they'll never say this is about a political agenda. But it's absolutely positively 100% about a political agenda. Just is. Speaking of a political agenda, I want to play you this cut from the White House briefing yesterday. This is also proof of life of Karine Jean-Pierre. She was there. She answered this question, but it, the, the answer is less real. I left it for context. But this exchange is between ABC News. Uh, she's a producer and White House correspondent. Her name is Molly Nagel, N-A-G-E-L. It's about the climate change report I told you about yesterday, about how we're going to die. And we've, we now we've punted, we've moved the goalposts. We're not going to die right now. We've got to act within the next 10 to 15 years or we're all going to die in 50 years. They're, they're changing the parameters, but it's the same garbage we've been hearing since the 70s. 10 years to act or else, short period of time to act or else. Doom and gloom predictions of the future after all the doom and gloom predictions of the future didn't come to pass. Pay particular attention to the question from ABC News, Molly Nagel. The answer, like I say, is kind of irrelevant, but the question and the framing of the question is what's uh, interesting here. I believe she calls it something like a disturbing or concerning or something, this report. Now, she's characterized, she believes this report. Hook, line, and sinker. Forget the fact that the Intergovernmental Panel on Climate Change, the UN, IPCC, has gotten everything else wrong. They have predicted that the coasts would be underwater. By It's all wrong. It's all been wrong. They don't care. It doesn't matter. This new report is, I don't think Molly Nagel is sitting there going, I don't believe this, but I'm going to prop it up. I don't think she's part of the establishment. I think she's a result of it. She's a young woman, probably in her late 20s, at best, her early 30s. Her whole life has been inundated with journalism as activism, because how many people do you see in journalism? Why would you go into journalism? I wanted to make a difference. I wanted to give voice to the voiceless. I wanted to, you're just an activist. You're just an activist. That's what you are. But her whole life has been marinating in this stuff marinating in this we're all going to die crap she probably has no knowledge of the history that came before she started being aware of the present 
So 20 years old or something like that. She doesn't know the history of the 10-year predictions, the 40 or 50 years of doom and gloom that never came to pass. Didn't even come close to passing, by the way. So she is a drone. She is a zombie. She is on board. She is a true believer. If you've ever seen a documentary about a cult and how deprogramming people in a cult is very difficult, I imagine that's what it would be like talking to Molly Nagel about how it is that, you know, we've seen these reports before. And the predictions of act now or forever die have led to nothing. And we're all still here and everything's still pretty much the same. She wouldn't know that. She'd look at you like you were trying to explain calculus to a dog, like a dog would look at you. So keep that in mind. But listen to her question. She's on the team and everybody in that press room is on the team. Oh, by the way, one last thing. It tells you something about Molly Nagel and the press room because you get a shot of, there's probably like five or six reporters in the shot. Her question and the response from the historic Corinne Jean-Pierre is no one in the shot, including the person who asked the question, takes a single note. This question isn't asked to elicit news. This question isn't asked to further a news story. It seems like Molly is very concerned that Joe Biden isn't doing enough about climate change. Honestly, if you ask a question for the news value, you write down what the person says. There was none of that in this clip. Uh, you spoke about that sobering UN climate report earlier. Has the president read the report, been briefed on the report? That's a good question. I, I would have to ask to see if the president has been briefed on the report. I don't, don't have an answer for you at this time. Well, you also talked about, you know, the steps this administration has taken on the issue of climate change. But this report indicates that what's being done so far is not enough to, you know, avert these catastrophic temperatures. Does the administration feel that enough action can be taken in time to avert the earth from reaching it's it's a great question and what i will say to that is this is why the president has made climate change uh tackling climate change a priority and this is why he has done more on climate change and protecting uh the climate and reversing uh trying to reverse the damage that we have seen uh, uh he's made that a priority and he's taken more actions than any other president the re his record speaks for that uh there's always more work that needs to be done uh, and so the president going to continue to focus on on all the things that we can do to deal with this issue. And at the top, I laid out uh, the different uh, the different um, the, the different actions the president has taken, uh, and clearly uh, we're going to continue uh, to uh, to move forward. But uh, again, yes, does more work to be, need to be done? Absolutely, and that's why the president has made this uh, a priority. One of the crises that he mentioned, uh, one of the four crises that he mentioned when he walked into this administration and took action uh, right away. And so that's going to continue. He's never going to back down. God, she's so bad at this job. She's so terrible at this job. But the reporter, the question, uh, you talked earlier about the sobering climate, sobering climate, sober, it's, wait, now, wouldn't, shouldn't somebody who doesn't have an agenda talk about, you know, just the climate report, if you really care? And why are you asking this question? If you don't write down a single thing that is said back to you, now, granted, it was gobbledygook, it was garbage, it was spin. Uh, but if you don't write down a single thing, why'd you ask the question? If you, there's no potential news, if you aren't even preparing for the potential news value in the answer, why did you bother asking the damn question?
It's because this reporter is worried. That's what this is. That It's Molly Nagel who's concerned. Molly Nagel probably woke up in a cold sweat this morning. Oh, my God. IPCC. Ah. But even if the president does something, stuff, he's doing stuff, it's, quote, it was not enough to avert catastrophic temperature increases. Well, are you asking a, a question about policy or are you concern trolling the press secretary at the White House about what, why won't Joe Biden do more because you're not going to, quote, avert catastrophic temperature increases from this, quote, sobering climate report? There was a time, I swear to God, where that woman would have at least been reprimanded, possibly fired. She'll likely be promoted. She'll be on air. Oh, brave truth to power right there that she's talking. Hey, uh, that thing that you want, the desperate attempt to get your agenda pushed forward, to reward all of your donors with massive amounts of government subsidies, I realize you you gave them hundreds of billions of dollars in the so-called transportation bill to your donors for uh, subsidies and mandates and everything for the so-called green agenda. The green is money, not not environmental. But they want more. How about more? Because that's the answer for left with everything. How much do you need to spend on this more? Well, we've got some money here, but is, is that enough? We need more. How much? More? Just more? Always. 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 This is journal, And you wonder why you come out and you sit there and you go, and you email me, you go, I don't know what government's not doing anything. Government's not going, the government's doing plenty. Government doesn't want you to know what it's doing. I mean, people are getting rich. Not you. You don't give enough to Democrats. But somebody's getting rich. Uh, by the way, I don't know when they're going to, uh, what's his face? Ron DeSantis actually sat down with Piers Morgan yesterday to do an interview and alleged according to published reports said a whole bunch of did a bunch of attacking back of donald trump i don't know i without i want the audio context and tone matter so if we get that we'll have that tomorrow because the contents context and, and tone do matter but um I want to play this before we leave just so you know what the fight is because there's Team Trump, there's Team DeSantis, there's Team whatever. Everybody's got a team except for probably Vivek Ramaswamy, which it's just strikes. You, you couldn't pay me to vote for that guy. He just seems like a huge con man. Um, but just so you know what we're up against because there are people like, I won't vote for anybody but this guy. Uh, the other guy wins. It's a rigged system and blah, 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 and that's it. I just won't do it. It's wildly counterproductive, but, you know, it's early, so I guess you can get all your frustrations out. I just want you to know what we're up against. Here's Joe Biden at an event yesterday trying to read a poem. Read a poem. An engineer, poet, Cuban-American, Richard Blanco, uh, returned to a poem he wrote from the second inaugural of Barack and Me. A poem, one today, it says... And always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping at every rooftop and every window on every in, of every county, country. I'm, let me start this over again. <laughs> I'm getting so 
intimidated by being here. <laughs> and always one moon, like a silent drum, tapping on every rooftop and every window of one country, a county, county, all of us facing the stars. Hope, a new constellation, waiting for us to map it, waiting for us to name it together. You know, that's what we, you know, hope is, uh, I was once asked by Xi Jinping to define America, for real. We were in the Tibet Plateau. I said, possibilities, hope. He starts it over, he gets it wrong again. That's what we're up against. You can be for whoever you want now, but if you ultimately aren't against that, you're for that. That's all the time we have for today. I appreciate you listening. See you tomorrow.